Welcome to the Hammer and Quill Podcast. This is our very special episode on vocation, in which we are interviewing our friend, Dr. Danny Trewee. But before we introduce Danny, we should introduce you, Danny, to our podcast. So let's give a little rundown of uh, what we're doing here with season three of the Hammer and Quill. Uh, this season, our hope is, is really to present a compelling, coherent theological vision for how individual Christians and local churches can engage culture on the in the West, uh, in what I've called here on the podcast, the decline or even the ruins of Western society in distinctively Christian ways. You know, our hope over this season is to offer a vision that integrates uh, building good, true, and beautiful local church communities, uh, the possibility of, of actually influencing uh, positive change within our spheres of vocations. Um, and by the way, today I'm excited to talk about that both at the individual level uh, and in terms of singleness and marriage, but also maybe a little bit about um, how vocation might inter interact with communities rather than just individuals. But we'll see if we get there. Uh, we're trying to integrate the importance of missionary encounters, both as individuals and local churches with the surrounding culture and, uh, and the importance of counter catechesis and counter liturgies for the renewal of our social imaginaries. And so, uh, friendos, we are so glad that you're listening here to us. Uh, our desire really is to resource our church partners and all of you out there who are um, who are listening in with quality content in line with our mission to form future leaders in and for the church. And so we're very, very happy to have all the way in our little nook here in Southwest Virginia, Danny, join us. Now, Danny, uh, some things you should know about the Bonhoeffer House. Of course, you do know some of these things over the last few days, but our practices, our theological training, ministry, apprenticeships, and life together. And our identities are friendship, mentoring, faithfulness, craftsmanship, and humility. You have been a picture of humility and service for mm -hmm. us. You've become a true friendo. Even or, though I'm not quite sure what a friendo is, oh, but I'll, I'll take it. It's you. Excellent. It's like how we explained the hokey to you. Okay, like, yeah. what's a hokey I am? Yeah. What's a friendo you are? You are. Both <laughs> of those are as clear as mud to me, but moving on. You don't have to... Un you don't have to understand it to be it. Mm. Excellent. Mm. Excellent. <laughs> this is a given identity, not a chosen yeah. identity. <laughs> oh, received. <laughs> Danny is a wonderful writer and scholar of Doctor of Singleness, which we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and has years of experience both in local church ministry, writing on vocation, worldview, singleness especially. She's got a book coming out in May uh, with InterVarsity Press titled Ooh. The Meaning of Singleness. Retrieving an eschatological vision for the contemporary church, Danny. We'll get to, we'll get to hear a little bit more from you just about who you are once we officially start our conversation. But first, we've introduced two new segments to the podcast in season three. As you know, as a longtime listener, absolutely, <laughs> all over it. Longtime listener, first time caller. The first is get off my lawn where I rant about something I don't like. Mm. Mm. We're not going to do that today. We're not doing that every time. I'm so disappointed. I wanted to see a get-off-my-lawn rant in action. Danny, oh. that's pretty much the last few days with Jesse. That's true. <laughs> I've had an You've extended get-off-my-lawn. I've gotten to see it, yes. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. <laughs> off, offline, 
I'll do yes. a get off my lawn. Awesome. <laughs> I have sorry. one for today. Sorry, friend. Yeah. I have, have one. one for today, but I'm I don't have the courage to do it on on here. It, truthfully, the one I have for today. Oh boy, um, here he goes. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we We're, can't we can't do get off my lawn every week. Yeah. Also, yes, yeah, it's, it's well, gonna it's really could, taxing for our listeners. No, no, no. Trust me, it's it, taxing for me. It's Holly very taxing for stress. Holly starts yeah. to sweat and feel uncomfortable. Uh, no, you, if, the, if we had the Holly cam, everyone would know oh, this. Oh yeah, we should do a Holly cam. <laughs> it's just a cringe face the whole time. And you and could do like a meter, stop, like a stop. cringe meter. Yeah. <laughs> and as I'm ranting, the cringe meter could be going up. Yeah. Um, no, part of it is because we're recording this in October, but we'll likely won't be producing this and and making it available till much later in the year, mm. as we fit this into our schedule of mm-hmm. uh, of season three. And so. So I didn't. I didn't want to rant about something that you know it wasn't relevant. Wasn't relevant in December. Mm-hmm. So, okay, okay. But what something that is always relevant. Always relevant is our other new segment. Yes. Look and see, where we take time to slow down and point out something good, true, and beautiful that we've seen, read, watched, listened to. So, Danny, mm-hmm. welcome, welcome to the Hammer Quill. Would you be willing to step in? And now I didn't prepare you for this. I'm not prepared the, for any of this. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do things on Excellent. Hammer Quill. Can you do a look and see about your time here in Virginia, in God's country, mm. in the beautiful paradise. land, paradise? What have you enjoyed most about your time with us here? First, explain that reference, the paradise reference, please. <laughs> my um, my mum back home, was she's got a, a copy of my itinerary everywhere I'm going, and she Googled Radford because she knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about it until um, I turned up here. So Friendos, not, Friendos, you're welcome to Google Radford too and yeah. you know nothing about We're not famous we in Sydney, Australia, surprisingly. <laughs> but mum sent me this message while I was on the train on my way here um, and she said, Radford looks like America's answer to paradise. Mm. And mm. so as I came into town, the expectations were high. How have they been met? They actually, I think she's probably... I think she's probably right. I texted a friend of mine and said, just let you know. I heard it here I've first. decided We're clapping to. for Radford. <laughs> Let's go. Can we put that on the mural? I was going to say, you should probably propose that to the town. Yeah. Oh, as yeah. a America's new motto. Danny's mom paradise. says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> America's answer to paradise. Um, but, it, I mean, I have been doing a lot of looking and a lot of seeing while I'm here. And mm. I'm here, as you know, as Jesse just said, we're recording in October. And I'm told that I've come at the perfect week. Yes. Uh, because Peak foliage. We're in Australia. We, we have, well, we don't call it fall. We call it autumn. We have autumn technically, but we don't have fall. We don't have these incredible colours. We don't mm. have these trees. And it's just looking and seeing these. Uh, it's just amazing. It's been absolutely beautiful. And that has caused me to reflect on not just the beauty of the trees, but the beauty of the creator mm. who made these trees and how incredible that he's given this us this world to enjoy, to be able to sit there and look at this incredible red and orange. And yeah, I, I've just been overwhelmed by, by the beauty, by the beauty of looking and seeing um, what's around me. Well, watching you look and see has reminded me to look and see. Like on Monday when you went to take a picture of one of the trees outside the church building, I was mm. like... That is beautiful. Yeah, that old it was, tree. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It's been. It's been so good to have we, you here, Danny. Thank you. We've. Got, I go to a, a church in Sydney that's quite a historic church, and it's got a very historic graveyard. Like where the church building is in the middle of this really old graveyard, and you know we drive in every day, and I'm like trying to find parks 
between gravestones and, you know, it's, it's, well, it's very ordinary for us. Mm. But then we have visitors come who are just blown away yeah. by this location and what this is and the history of it. So, you know, it works in reverse as well. <laughs> you know, there's, there's something there, right, about just the, the you know, the, the more that we're surrounded by and the more beauty and goodness becomes familiar to us, um, I wonder... Yeah, I was thinking about this when we visited Craig and Zoe and the mm. Cairn Church and how mm. every day we'd wake up and walk out in the Colorado Rockies and just be like, whoa. Mm. And of course, for them, it's commonplace. Uh, and really, that's part of what we're trying to do is to, to in, the, in the midst of commonplace, in the midst of everyday life, to stop long enough to look around and see, actually, God's beauty is on display here. Mm. Uh, and so that's that, what a beautiful example of that. Danny, thank you. Mm. We're going to do our own little look and see moment right now. Danny has been hospitable to us as she stayed with us. And one of those works of hospitality is the bringing of... We should say I'm from Australia. I'm not sure if we've said... Have we said that? In case you hadn't picked up on the accent. Danny's from Australia. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of necessary as we enter into this next section. Would you like to stay and just join our staff? (laughs) We could use you. Not, Not only... Did we forget to say that Danny was from Australia, but you you just said the Colorado Rockies about the Canadian Rockies, <laughs> which Craig and Zoe oh, would, they're gonna be horrified. would be so disappointed in you. I think I said the Canadian Rockies. <laughs> yeah. Did this you? is like one of the, the commercial now where they throw the red flag. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, hey, we're it's gonna, actually we're the gonna exact know. scenario because we have the recording. Yeah, I know. So I'll, I'll, I uh, said the Canadian Rockies. <laughs> if you didn't, you meant it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. So in the Canadian Rockies. Well, that's right, Danny. You're from you're from Australia. <laughs> I am. And <laughs> in case the accent hadn't given it away already. And one of the we we already experienced a particularly mm. unique Australian delicacy mm-hmm. cuisine. Mm-hmm. Um, delicacy, I think, is the right that's word, a word for what you just made <laughs> me eat. <laughs> I'm still recovering from trying Vegemite. We sampled some Vegemite. Veg, yeah. Is it Vegemite? Vegemite. 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 Um, I, I don't know because the label on it just said nachos. <laughs> um, and that was really misleading you because it was this not the like taste nachos. of nachos. <laughs> so we did try it just straight though. So that mm. was a bit cruel. It By was we, a bit cruel. You mean me. Well, we all did. Oh no, Michael didn't, did uh, he? I, I did not, but I, I have already, already tried it. I did try it. Oh. I ate it. You I handled didn't do it a little bit better I than me. I handled it way better than you. You look like my my children when they were one and didn't want to eat something. For those who've <laughs> never seen Vegemite, it looks like it looks like and has the consistency of basically black tar. Or yeah. or well, like they it, said Nutella. First they it said looks it's like Nutella, Nutella in the jar, Holly? which we told Holly it was like Nutella. I, that was, was a lot. I did cool. not. Thank I did you, not. Michael. They said it looks like Nutella and I, I said do not picture you, Nutella <laughs> as you eat it. <laughs> Ooh, oh. a very it salty, will go badly. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Holly's face was stuck her tongue out. I'm still having a really hard time. And I'm so can we can we get to the next yeah, segment? Let's wash, let's wash, wash the Vegemite out because now we have the true and better Australian delicacy. Absolutely. Tim Tams. Mm. And and Danny's gonna lead us in a Tim Tam slam. So can you tell us what that is? Yeah, so Tim Tam is a it's essentially a chocolate covered biscuit. Did you no, just throw well, yours on the I ground? I dropped it. That's <laughs> okay, fine. Now, first of all, let's... Jesse vacuums the studio a lot, right? A lot. I just vacuumed oh, it, as great. a matter of fact. Okay, now, cool. um, I didn't really hit that spot, but... Uh, 
You've already you've already gone Australian on us. Okay. You called it a chocolate covered biscuit. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Co- well, it's not a cookie. It's not. It's a biscuit. Okay. It's this is cookie. what we call a biscuit. <laughs> for, for our friendos, it's a. It's we're holding. A it's a cookie. <laughs> It's okay, all right. It's a cookie. Um, it's it's oblong in shape. It's covered in chocolate. Mm. And what you do with the Tim Tam Slam is you bite one corner, a little okay. bit, <clears throat> and then you spin it around 180 degrees and you bite the opposite corner on the diagonal. You need to have a hot drink on hand. And then essentially coffee. you dip the Tim Tam into the drink and you suck the drink up through the corners as a straw. I'm watching the ball. <laughs> You gave me too short of a mug and I've been drinking the coffee. And then you got to slam that Tim Tam before and then it you melts into your yeah. drink. And it melts. Then you have to, yeah, it starts mm. melting, so you're going to shove it in your mouth. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's not working. Poor Holly. <laughs> Holly's, Holly's, go get her the Vegemite, please. Yeah, Holly's never coming to <laughs> Australia. Pour She's... me more coffee. I know Here. This isn't working. Holly, that was amazing. You need to, you need to experience this. I'm just going to eat one straight because I don't have a coffee in front of me. That's not because we didn't give you coffee. No. I just want to be clear. <laughs> it's because I don't drink coffee. <laughs> I'm just Holly's, eat one Holly's Did you get it? Really good. Excellent. Did it start melting? Has that redeemed good. has that redeemed me in your eyes? Yes. All of Australia in your eyes? Yes. Australia's no, back to the good. Okay. Ruined Excellent. You. Even veggie mate. <laughs> Australia's back, baby. <laughs> Listeners, you, you might want to pause and just go find some Tim Tams. I do know that, that they sell them here somewhere. Do they? Somewhere. Okay. Uh, maybe it's seasonal, but I've seen them. I've seen them around. Just find you some Tim Tams. You also described that process very well. Mm-hmm. Did I? I feel yeah. like if I was a listener, I could. You could follow step That's by right. step. Yeah. Usually right. when I describe, I'm like, just buy a couple in, suck the coffee up. <laughs> I, I am glad but that it was on video because that figured was out. not graceful over here. It really wasn't. That was that was so tasty. (laughs) That was so Mm. good. It's even better. Well, I mean, I don't drink coffee, so I'm biased. But it's even better with a hot chocolate. Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh, I bet you sort of get the double dose. But anyway, welcome, welcome. You've now (laughs) qualified. Does this mean that we're in Australia right now? Yeah, we are citizens of Australia. That's all. It's all that's required. The government just wants to know you've done a Tim Tam Slam, and that problem you're in. Check this box. (laughs) We're in. Check this box. Well, our look and see is more than just this Tim Tam slam we just did our look and see this week has been our time with you danny mm-hmm. you've uh served us in multiple ways uh and just really been a joy to get to know and be with and so uh let's let's get right to it you know our listeners our friendos they're going to want to hear what you have to say about this so uh, uh let's jump into our conversation about vocation and singleness and i'd love to start out by just having you introduce yourself give us a little kind of autobiography who is danny Danny's from Australia. We've already established that. <laughs> um, Danny, just FYI, Danny's short for Danielle. But if you call me Danielle, I probably won't realise that you're talking to me because mm. no one ever does, um, unless it's my mother and I'm in trouble. That's that's when I get the Danielle. Mm. When I get Danielle Elizabeth, I need no, I need to run. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so I'm from Australia, a Sydney girl, born and bred, um, and uh, have served in Christian ministry over there in Sydney for quite a few years, um, particularly working in church-based ministry amongst women. Um, but then about oh, seven years ago now, I um, kind of found myself doing a PhD. It's all a bit of a blur how it happened, but there I suddenly was doing a PhD and not just doing a PhD, but doing a PhD in singleness. Um, I yeah had a 
a passion, I guess you would say, for thinking about singleness in the Christian life and the community and um, worked with a lot of single women in church um, and so uh, wanted to be able to do some uh, good thinking about singleness rather than just going down to the local Christian bookstore and buying the next new book on singleness that had come out. I wanted to actually think, is there anything more to say? Is there anything new to say? Is there anything not necessarily new but things that we've forgotten in today mm. um, about singleness in the Christian life and the Christian community. And so um, started doing that and um, uh, at the same time sort of founded a, a ministry called Single Minded, Communi- Single Minded Conference, um, which is now the Single Minded Ministry, uh, which is focused on resourcing Christian individuals and Christian churches with positive but most importantly biblically faithful conversations um, about mm. God's purpose for singleness in our individual lives but also our common life together. Um, so, yeah, that's what I spend most of my time doing and I've just sort of randomly come over to America and um, come here to paradise. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And you, um, you and I got connected because we have mutual <clears throat> friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am so thankful that they introduced us. So am I, yeah. Uh, because you're not just your, and you've already kind of described some of your work on singleness, but uh, I started reading you, listening to podcasts that you had been on that were um, not as good as this podcast, but not, not. not bad. <laughs> um, they don't have a get off my lawn, so they they couldn't be. That's right. You yeah. were on, uh, so we'll link to <laughs> Nor did they do a Tim Tam Slam with you. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That is That's true. We will link to at least a couple of these podcasts. One was the uh, Theology in the Raw with Preston Sprinkle, and he, he definitely does not get, do get off my lawn. He does not. But he does an excellent, you know, thing, and so <laughs> it was... <laughs> <laughs> He's going to want to put that as an endorsement. <laughs> I do the hammer, and, the hammer and quill wave their hand and said he does an excellent thing. So let's move on. Uh, Danny, so if you, is there anything else you'd want to do to, to describe your, your current work on singleness? Where did you, where did you study? Oh, yeah. Uh, I studied um, in Sydney at Moore Theological College. Um, so that's um, an Anglican theological seminary um, in Sydney. Uh, and uh, I, I worked, um, so yes, I'm, I'm Anglican. I'm actually ordained as an Anglican deacon. Um, so, uh, and I've worked in Anglican churches uh, here, there and everywhere. So where the, everywhere is Sydney, nowhere else. Here, there and everywhere <laughs> in one place. <laughs> so this is completely off script. Okay, here we go. And so if, if it doesn't go well, we'll just cut it. Excellent. So you're an ordained. I'm ordained. Anglican. Yep. Deacon. Mm-hmm. Now we're a bunch of kind of, <clears throat> you know, we're like the riffraff of the Baptists. Mm. Uh, so can you, can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. And, and sure. maybe especially if you wouldn't mind, mm-hmm. um, how are you, how do you, what's it like being a complementarian mm-hmm. ordained Anglican deacon? Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the Anglican world, you can be ordained as a deacon um, or as a priest, a presbyter, and then you can be consecrated as a bishop. Um, so there's three different orders in that sense. Um, uh, uh, in The thing about Anglicanism is it's different everywhere. Um, but in my context in Sydney, um, uh, men and women are both ordained as deacons um, Qualified men, I should say, qualified men and women are ordained as deacons. Mm. Qualified men are ordained as priests, and then very few of them go on to be consecrated as bishops. Um, and so, really, um, you know, there's a whole lot of history behind this and what the role of the deacon is, um, particularly within the Anglican 
denomination. But uh, in my context, it is a way of um, uh, involving women um, alongside men in ministry um, in significant ways, allowing the voice of women to contribute to uh, ministry within our Anglican churches. Mm. Um, it's um, a way of encouraging women to be serving. Of course, you can work in Anglican churches without being ordained. Um, a lot of men and women I know um, are on ministry staff team in churches who, and they're not ordained. Um, but uh, yeah, I chose that route and um, uh, not least because, you know, it gives me the, the reverend title in front, which, again, I never use. So if you want to correctly address me, I'm actually the Reverend Dr. Danielle mm. Treweek. Um, but, again, if you called me that, I wouldn't know you were talking to me, so just call me Danny. Mm. So the Reverend Doctor, um, what we'd love to – I'd love to just put a, you know, if you're taking suggestions on future writing projects, mm-hmm. uh, write, write something on complementar- complementarity. Okay. That that would be something I'd love to read from you. Uh, okay, let's move on. Okay. Uh, okay. So, because um, the world needs another book on complementarianism at the from moment. From you, <laughs> they do. I I would argue they do. Yes. Because. Me too. Um, uh, but this is not what today's for. But <laughs> let me just give a. You brought it up. Let me give okay. a brief plug. I actually, yeah. I'm about to plug a book I haven't read yet, but it's written <laughs> by a friend of mine, so I know it's excellent. There's a great new book out. It's very short, very readable, called Embracing Complementarianism. Um, and I, my guess is that this is the book that I would have liked to okay, have written. Okay, there we go. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah. So add to cart. That's right. That's right. It's already in my cart. Um, so. Uh, yeah, who? Why don't we ask who or what? What has helped you refine your vocation the most, or maybe not the most? Just describe some helpful people. Yeah. Well, of course, I was. I was going to say. Well, you know, the Holy Spirit is. You know, but that's this was a trick the, question. Yeah. Good. Pass. <laughs> yeah, I pass. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um, <clears throat> uh, look, I have just been tho- so thankful to have been equipped and surrounded and loved by loads of different people um, throughout my life uh, and each one of them has played a different part in where I am now. You know, I, mm. I think of the the senior minister, the senior pastor of the church I grew up going to. It was a really little church um, that had mainly older people in it and there was two or three families. So there was only about five kids, you know, around my age. And he got to the point where, you know, he said instead of kind of wanting to hold on to the only families in his church for the sake of my discipleship and, you know, the other kids, he actually encouraged our parents to send us to the, mm. the other nearby church which had a youth group, you know, and he would not know but he contributed to my mm. vocation today mm. um, in really significant ways. Um, the, um, you know, the, my my boss when I worked in um, the first church I worked in fo- uh, coming out of um, theological seminary, um, his name's Warwick, he just was instrumental in shaping me. He wanted to invest in me as a woman in ministry. He thought it was really important um, to have women ministering, not just to women, but within our congregation. Um, mm. And he was really significant for me. But there's also been women who... Um, in fact, Jane Tua, who is the author, um, one of the co-authors of the book I just mentioned, she was always um, someone that uh, was a bit of a mentor to me. So, you know, there's no one answer. There's just, there's community. There's Christian community um, that has been so significant for me. Mm. I love that answer because 
I'm going to, I'm going to ask you another question later about the importance of community and discerning mm-hmm. vocation. But, um, before we get there, would you, would you give us kind of a, we had you guest lecture in our, uh, theology and culture class yes. through the Bonhoeffer house in Southeastern seminary. Um, and you gave this, you just did a great job of kind of um, covering a lot of bases in terms of vocation in general and singleness in particular. And so, uh, could you give us kind of a, you know, maybe define vocation and give us a little bit of a, your thinking on what, mm. what entitles or what is vocation? Mm. Um, well, we did this in two hours the other day, so I'm about to do it in two minutes now. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, but really the entryway into thinking about vocation theologically for me was through my work with singleness. Um, and it was towards the end actually of my four and a half years. It was really in the concluding chapter that I was writing that suddenly vocation sort of emerged as something to to grapple with because what I noticed was that in the Christian discourse on singleness such as it is vocation seems to be coming more and more prominent more and more significant this idea of vocational singleness was being used uh, much more frequently than I think it had been even when I started my research Mm. just a few years ago and so I found myself having to go well what is this thing called vocational singleness and Um, what most of the people who were speaking about vocational singleness or singleness or celibacy as a vocation were referring to is some sort of um, set-apart office or role or life situation that is for a select few um, that's normally empowered by a special spiritual gift to be single for life and that this was a, a kind of special calling for these few people in their singleness. Um, and yeah, I, I, by the time I got to, you know, the concluding chapter of my book, I had already, um, worked through the fact that I actually think singleness is spiritually significant and dignified for everyone who's single, regardless of what the circumstances or context are. And so that was rubbing up against this notion of vocational singleness that seemed to be very prominent, um, so that just led me to look into vocation as, you know, the theolo- theology of vocation a little more carefully. And what, what, I, the, what, I dis- what I discovered was that this contemporary notion of particularly, you know, vocational singleness, but I think more broadly about vocation has been, I think, very heavily influenced by or we have been heavily catechized by the world around us and its understanding of um, how we find meaning, where we find meaning. Mm. Um, And the world tells us, look within yourself, what are your passions? What do you actually think is going to give meaning to your life? That's your vocation. Step into this other thing beyond where you are now. Discover this kind of true path of fulfillment and, and move towards that future possibility and that's where you'll find your significance and your meaning. And Christians, I think, have taken that on board too. I mean, I think we can even do it as we talk about vocational ministry, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, I, I'm called to this special fulfilment of who I am as someone and so that's stepping into vocational ministry. It's stepping into something set apart and different and even a bit superior to what everybody else is kind of doing. Um, But then it was just fascinating to go back and realize that this picture of vocation is one that the reformers would not have recognized at all. In fact, it almost seems diametrically opposite to the way that the reformers um, were really developing a theology of vocation uh, as part of their protesting efforts, um, Mm. where they saw vocation as being 
the everyday life of the Christian, living for God, loving him, loving others in response to that in whatever relationship, whatever context they were doing. Um, And so for them, vocation was about the mundane, everyday, ordinary Christian life, whether you were a mum changing nappies of a baby, whether you were a milkmaid in the field, whether you were a judge in the court or a mayor in the town, vocation is about the spiritual supercharging of ordinary everyday Mm. life. Um, It's not something other. It's not something that you kind of have to step into. It's actually where you are in any given moment. Mm. Um, And that was profound when I realized, wow, we've we've come a long way um, in the way we think about vocation there. That's good. A spiritual supercharging for the everyday mundane. That's a that's a great way to think about it. Whether you're changing nappies, which translation? Uh, changing diapers. Sorry, diapers. Diapers. Nappies <laughs> <laughs> are better. Or you're, uh, you know, Luther talks about the uh, the milkmaid. Mm. You know, whether you're the milkmaid or the mayor, as you put it in class. Mm. He talks about all of us being masks of God. Our vocation yes. is acting as masks of God in this world because God is present in everything we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's hidden in our vocation in the very ordinary. And I should also clarify, I've, I've borrowed that language of supercharged spirituality from, from others. I haven't made that up, but um, I, f- I found that really helpful to understand. Yeah. yeah. We usually don't give credit. When we... <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be a new thing for our listeners. <laughs> what are they doing? Uh, you know, and we have been talking about uh, um, a little bit about Charles Taylor, Robert Bella, mm. the the idea of expressive individualism, and um, and just how much that makes discerning vocation so much more challenging mm-hmm. in, in the sense mm-hmm. of um, you know the milkmaid in in uh, fifteen twenty Wittenberg, she didn't have to wake up in the morning and go, what do I want to be when I grow mm-hmm. up. Um, And then have her identity and value Mm -hmm. and worth tied to Mm -hmm. finding the right way to express what's inside. Um, And so, of course, there's some benefits to living in this time. Yeah. You know, we do get to decide what we're going to do. And you get to be here, you know, and you're not stuck in Sydney. And uh, not that that's a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) With your veggie mite. With my veggie mite. um, (laughs) But also my Tim Tams. To be in paradise. And your your drop bears. Our drop bears. Yeah. 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 Drop bears if... What are those? Oh, you haven't heard about drop bears. Tell, no. tell us and our listeners about drop bears. Yes. Well, we've got koala bears, obviously, okay. which aren't actually bears. Yeah. But that's another story. That's, a, that's another thing. Yeah. They're marsupials. <laughs> Wait, what are they? <laughs> <laughs> They're marsupials. But anyway, okay. um, but they have um, – There's. Uh, I, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know if it's like a different – it's not a different species. It's like a subspecies, but drop bears. They're like the koala bear's nasty cousin. Um, and <laughs> – they, they like koalas, they live in the tree. Holly's Googling I'm it Googling now. It, yes. um, they live in the tree, but uh, they. Ooh. Yeah, I see? Leave. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Vegemite all over again. <laughs> but oh, they. they nice. I mean, you have Brenda's. to describe oh, I've, it. I've seen them in, I've seen them in real yeah. life. What in the world? What? You have to Google what? it. Okay, I mean, it looks like a monster. Yeah, so they, they, look, they, they hang out in. Fangs. Yes. They so Maybe we should have Holly describe this. <laughs> yes. Okay. No, 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 no. Oh. I, Yeah, let's keep, let's let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's <laughs> Oh, you didn't actually mean no, it? No, I didn't okay. really mean Unlike it. koalas, drop bears are carnivorous. And so <gasps> they fall on prey, but sometimes they mistake humans for no. prey. And also there's a correlation <laughs> between being non-Australian and getting attacked by a really? drop bear. So they tend to target, yeah, tourists. What? Yeah. 
Danny, I'm never coming to visit you. <laughs> Look at that. Maybe I, I'm on Google, and I just don't really trust what I'm seeing. But some of them are very large. Are they? Are yeah. they large or is this And They're large enough to do joke? some damage, Holly. Is this doing... Is well, this, I mean, no, am no. I their they're target not, they're audience? not that big. <laughs> they're not that big. No, they're not, they don't dwarf humans. Oh, no, no. Double they're not the six foot. Of, okay. They're a little bit bigger than koalas. <laughs> A little yeah. bit bigger than like, yeah. But they have fangs. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do my best to post that, that picture <gasps> of the giant bear. Yeah, this is what I saw. It's double the size of average man, which is no, that's a man true. with a cowboy yeah, no, that's hat. That's not true. That's not true. Okay, yeah. good. That but that's the an cowboy hat is, that, that does get at, they target Americans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of the accent. And because you hate our Vegemite. Yeah, yeah. well, I will, I'll eat all so the Vegemite to be bears. away from those things. <laughs> so why did we get on this? Why did I, I bring up no drop idea. bears? Okay, I don't know, but I'm, something about Australia. We need to come back. Well, oh, I was stuck I in Sydney deep. with my drop oh, bears. Stuck That's in right. Sydney. And yes. Vegemite. Yes. So in other words, to living in this day. So let's bring this back to Charles Taylor. Okay. Um, <laughs> and expressive individualism. Wait, so Holly is still just, cringing. I'm so sorry. I just found one fact, and again, not sure if this is accurate because it's just on Google, but it. It says a fully grown Australian drop bear can fit an adult human's head inside its mouth. I've never seen one, so I don't know if that's true. <laughs> they they can drop from heights as high as forty five meters. Okay, sorry. Okay, go. I'm gonna close. I don't know. I don't know what forty five meters is. It's like one hundred and fifty feet. They're like parachuting on you. <laughs> well, I, I need to bounce back. Like skydiving ninja bears. Oh. <laughs> Holly okay. is now horrified. Let's keep going. So, um, <laughs> wow, it's it's probably worth it's probably worth spoiling this. They, they don't exist. They don't exist. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> they were made Are up. You kidding they me? were made up to pretty much full American tourists. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. Oh. But the now worst. everyone, this is so classic of YouTube. Great job, Australia! Everyone listening to this podcast, they, you're now in the secret club. You're not allowed <laughs> to, you know, you're not allowed to ruin the secret. I wanted to you keep know. it going. Wow. I just, I started feeling bad because <clears throat> so did I, Holly yeah. really bought it. I'm yeah. like, I'm like red in the. We face. have Australian <laughs> listeners, so actually, prop, beyond America, of course, where where we would have most of our listeners, uh, because we've had Reese Bazant on three oh. or four times, mm-hmm. uh, our friend. Uh, Reese, uh, is he a friendo as well? Of he course, is the yeah. ultimate friendo. Okay, we did call. Yeah, we did call him yeah. the ultimate yeah. friendo. Okay. Uh, he. So we have some Australians who who listen. So I thought they'd get a kick out of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're welcome. Yes. I'm just proud that I managed to pull it off. <laughs> it worked. I mean, yeah. I was not a doubt. Actually, not a doubt in my mind. <laughs> I was a little was bit surprised real. at how easy it was for you to slide into that. <laughs> Well, we, that, we made eye, we, yeah. we made eye contact and, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Anyway, yeah. I just, back to, I to did, Charles Taylor. <laughs> I did tell, I tell, told Danny about snipe hunting. Yes. You've been snipe hunting, Holly. No, oh, we'll talk and about I'm also later. not going to respond to anything you guys say. So Charles, like Taylor, me... Charles Taylor wrote a book called The okay. Art of Snipe Hunting. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. No. Um, uh, uh, so, so when we think about discerning vocation, discerning calling, um, whereas 500 years ago, late medieval times, you know, if you're, you're yeah. you know milkmaid you're a milkmaid uh now there's a there's you can be anything and this can cause uh, yeah, i think alan noble even writes about this in his mm. new, newer book um you're not your own you're not your own mm. where he talks about the kind of infinite possibilities and how um how much anxiety that brings yeah. um which means more than ever we need we need help mm. 
Could you talk a little bit about the importance of, you mentioned some of this in, in, um, in the lecture. And so I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about how important it is to practice wisdom and discernment, um, and the community involvement and discerning vocation. Mm. And I, I think that was one of the questions that came up in the lecture was a really helpful one that if vocation is about the spiritual significance of where we are now. Does that mean that we just stay where we are now? That's right. Is you know, it static? You know, is it static? Should we not have ambition? What does ambition look like? And um, that was a really helpful question because, no, I, I don't think – well, certainly the Christian life itself should never be static. We're, you know, we're about growth and maturity. Um, and ambition itself isn't a bad thing. Um, we should be ambitious for – the gospel in this world. We should be ambitious for our own growth, for the growth of others. Um, so uh, ambition is not itself a bad thing. I think where it becomes complicated in sort of this idea of how do I move forward, what does moving forward from where I am now look like, um, is the fact that we're, <laughs> we're sinful. Um, and our, it's, it's, you know, how do I align my desires with God's intentions for me? How do I um, interrogate my desires because what's my motivation in these things in moving forward to where I want to go. Um, and the good news is that contrary to the world, which says this is all about you, 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 you're the authority here, you're the one who gets to, in fact, you're the only one who can decide mm -hmm. and you should be suspicious of anybody outside you who's trying to really give you any strong guidance. Um, that's not who we are as Christians. We've actually been adopted into a family together. Yes. We're, we're brothers and sisters with one another. We've been saved individually into Christ, but corporately into him um, at the same time. And so we, our, our Christian communities, we are each a gift to each other. And I think certainly in my case, I forget that all the time. Mm. I forget that I'm not just kind of, particularly as a single person, I'm used to doing life by myself. I have to make a lot of decisions for myself um, and you just become used to being very independent and that can actually not always be a good thing. Uh, and so just as there have been people throughout my life who have helped guide me um, to keep stepping into whatever the next um, instance of vocation God has in store yeah. for me, what it looks like tomorrow, um, we've been given each other to help do that. We haven't... We have a responsibility not just to listen to each other, but to, to speak into each other's lives yeah. mm. um, in significant ways. You know, so if you could apply that, I'd love to hear how you apply that to singleness in particular. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, some of the things that you've said, both even just now and uh, and the, the other evening when you spoke to our church at the, at the Bonhoeffer House Seminar, which we'll link to, um, you know, you talked about even just now about how uh, this idea of this special vocation of singleness mm. as a as a kind of unique um uh you know booster shot of the holy spirit where you know you don't have any sexual drive and you're just super satisfied with not you know that 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 actually if you're single that's how you know you're called to be single that, yeah. you, you're, that's yeah. your vocation yeah that's right if you're single now someone asked a question the other night how do, how do i know if i'm called to be single and i said well if you're single now, you're called to be single. Um, you may not be called to be single tomorrow, um, but we don't we don't have to try and guess. You know, we don't have to mm. try and work out. You know, is this what God's you know path for me is? He's He's good and He's sovereign, which mm. means where we are now is because He's placed us here, mm. and it's because it's good for us um, and good for other people and a way to glorify Him. And so. Um, 
in terms of singleness, there are certainly, um, I know I have people in my own life um, who I think um, really desire to remain single. They, they, I had always expected that I would get married. It, it hasn't happened. I'm still open to that possibility, even as I think, I think it's less likely than I would have thought about 10 or 15 years ago. But it's not that I have intentionally pursued singleness. Um, uh, it's not that I am intentionally pursuing it for a life. There are friends of mine who have sort of made um, – uh, not, I don't want to say they've made a commitment to that. They're intentionally pursuing that um, mm. for all sorts of reasons. And that's a good thing. I think I don't want to in any way um, diminish that and the goodness of that. But that's not the sum total of the goodness of the single life. Um, you know, all singleness is good, just as all marriage is good, even when our experience of those states can be difficult and complicated and sometimes sad. Um, and so... Uh, the difficulty is if if my if all singleness is intended by God to be vocational, um, which will mean it will look different still for different mm. people. Um, you know, my vocation as a single woman in her, I'm still going to claim early 40s, um, is very different to, you know, um, a widowed woman who is in her 80s. Um, is different to a same-sex attracted guy who's 25. Mm-hmm. What that's going to look like in some senses is going to be quite different. All of those forms, situations of singleness are spiritually charged, um, which brings with it certain spiritual responsibilities and privileges. Mm. And it's not just a select few uh, for who that is true. It's, it's for all of us. Mm. That's really, really helpful. And um, I wonder if you could speak a little bit to the person who's listening, the friendo out there who... Um, resonates with both what you said about um, um, uh, aspiring vocationally, generally aspiring mm-hmm. to something, mm-hmm. uh, but also being satisfied with today. This is where God has me, and then also within within singleness specifically. So, um, so someone who may say, "Well, I'm single. I want to be married. I want to also be satisfied today with the calling that God has for me today. Mm-hmm. Uh, speak to them, give them some advice mm. and, 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 or give me advice about how to pastor them. Um, I think I often say that the, a lot of singles who haven't intentionally chosen to be single, um, you know, whatever those circumstances or contexts are, feel a, a, a real genuine grief and lament. Um, and I want to actually say that is entirely appropriate. Um, because marriage is a good gift from God. Um, marriage is good for all sorts of reasons. Uh, and so not having received that good gift, um, at least not yet, uh, there, there is a rightness if you feel some sadness about that. You know, that's not something that I would want to say, well, what are you talking about? Get over that. That's, that's entirely legitimate, I think. Um, where it can become difficult for us who are single is that we, um, we turn that we allow that grief to consume us. Mm. Um, we, allow, we can allow it to blind us to God's goodness for where he has us right now um, and actually God's goodness altogether because, mm. you know, if the Christian culture around us is sort of telling us that God promises to give us the desires of our hearts and that um, if you really desire your heart desires to be married, but then that never happens. Mm-hmm then that leaves a single Christian in a place of what do I do with that? You've told me God's good. You told me he's going to give me what I want because I think it's best for me, but he hasn't given me that thing. So mm. are you, is God not good yeah. or is he not able? 
you know, and mm-hmm. it leaves a lot of singles just stuck in this, I don't know what to do here. Um, and then I think that can, can perpetuate um, the consumption of that grief such that marriage can become an idol in our lives, that thing mm. that's just forever out of reach. Um, and so just as I think this is true for married people, the Christian life is a life of always holding that tension of God being good, God being able, knowing he loves me mm-hmm. more than I even love myself, more than I'm capable of loving myself. Mm. He knows far more about what is good for me and good for others mm. than I do. Mm. Um, and so the Christian life, whether it's single or married, is one of continual renewed trust in God as the one who provides for us. Um, and so I think we have to say to those who are grieving their singleness, I understand. Um, I understand why you feel that way. But we need to remind them as well that singleness is not simply the absence of a good. Singleness Mm -hmm. is not just I'm not married and that's bad. Singleness itself is good um, and Mm -hmm. God has good purposes for it regardless of what that situation is. That's so good. Yeah, I I really love what you're saying there. Uh, You know, I I think about like... When people um, get married or and have been desiring that, and they'll say like, "God is faithful," I have found my spouse, and, or "God mm-hmm. is good," or you know, I think of friends who um, are struggling with infertility, mm-hmm. and and hearing others say things like, "God is good," we are pregnant, or um, "God is so faithful." Mm-hmm that just grinds against truth because Mm. um, God is good and God is faithful, not based on our circumstances and what we believe good and faithfulness looks like, but Mm. just by his character. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I really, I really love that. You were saying something along the same lines, Danny, uh, when you spoke at at our events and I was nodding along, Mm -hmm. first of all, thinking this is so good. And second of all, thinking, Mm -hmm. I wish that I would have heard... Th- I wish you could go back in time yeah. mm-hmm. and tell me this when yeah. I first started pastoral ministry, mm. which was then confirmed when we were at a lunch yep. and, uh, yeah. and, a, and a single sister of mine brought up in a group. Yep. Was, I'm fine with that. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Uh, a time when I, spe- I mm. did what she just described in terms of saying like, no, it's okay. You know, God is going to... You're going to be a great wife one day. Yeah. And... Uh, and how hurtful that was, you know, because the answer that she gave me even in that moment, which I remember when she brought it up, was, um, what if God intends for me to be single? Mm-hmm. Like, is that enough? Yeah. Mm. And that's, you know, we just, I, I wish I could go back in time and hear this. Well, we all, we all do. I mean, I wish I could go back in time and hear myself, you know, mm. 20 yeah. years ago, yeah. um, because I certainly didn't have a, a positive view or model really of Christian singleness. And I probably had more so that than a lot of the single men I know. There's some single women, as I mentioned, like Jane before, who have been very significant for me. I I do feel for a lot of single Christian men Mm. um, because there's there's not that many um, to emulate, unfortunately. So unless you're in the UK, they tend to have some more over there. Yeah, I don't just said move, move to the UK. Move to the yeah, UK. It's not no, paradise like there's Radford. There's no drop bears there. <laughs> no, no, that's true. There's no drop they bears. do have Marmite though instead of Vegemite, and it's basically the same thing. Oh. So yeah, yeah, Marmite. Paradise is officially Radford. Then. Yeah, we have Nutella. We have Nutella and no drop bears. <laughs> we did not invent Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, don't take this from me, Michael. Um, 
I'm particularly interested in this next next question uh, in in light of what you're talking about because you know we all we all are are wishing we could go back to Be to know what, know better. what we know yeah. now um and and I think I think part of part of where that comes from for me is I wish in that moment where you know Jesse's sister that that he's bringing up um you know says says that is is it enough um you know for what if god's god's has singleness for me is is that enough um i I wish that i was more able to call to mind images and models of Mm. like oh well yes of course because you know look at um look at Mm. so and so or or look at um you know um, imagine imagine this this Mm. life um but the reality is I, I don't that that does not come easily to mind mm. for me. And so um, this this next question, what what advice do you have for us as 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 church leaders or or just as, you know, members of Christ's body for integrating mm. uh, our our single brothers and sisters into the, mm. the center? You, you mm. mentioned the heart mm. of church life so that, you know, hopefully we will have those those images uh, that that come to mind those models that come to mind of like oh well, of course yeah and i i mean as i was listening to you talking about how where are the models particularly for the men and thinking about my answer i just realized oh my gosh i'm so ridiculous yeah. there's one model <laughs> of a really you know pretty well known yeah, single christian man i've yeah. heard of jesus, jesus? <laughs> i've heard of him <laughs> But I mean that says yeah. something, doesn't it? Yeah. We, how yeah. often do we actually reflect on the fact mm. that Jesus himself was not married, yeah. never had sex, didn't have a wife, didn't have kids? Yeah. Um, you know, the Apostle Paul, at least at the time of writing One Corinthians, was not married. Mm. Um, Jesse's looking like he wants to say something. I just, I, I, I was it, while you were talking, I was thinking about the. There could be plenty of reasons for Jesus to have remained single. Mm. But at least one of them is likely the the embodying of the eschatological, uh, essentially embodying the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. so that so that there's something connected to even what you've been writing about as far as we will become like Christ in the new heavens and the new earth. Mm. He he came to display this is what this is what the kingdom looks like. Yeah. And he came as a single man yeah. to display that. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, because just to give people who are listening an indication, my book really focuses on that eschatological vision and what the what the reality of us not being married to each mm. other in heaven uh, means for the way we think about singleness here and now. But we can do that. Yeah. You can have me back to Just, paradise at a day at a time or we'll do another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, going back to your question, Michael, I think, um, you know, there's all sorts of little practical tips and tricks, you know, which we could talk about. But I, I think ultimately what we what i long for us and i really do talk about us you know back home in australia in america um around the world is to truly understand the majesty of being adopted into god's family one new family where we are brothers and sisters in christ where our local gatherings of that family are not seen as kind of this social club for individual households and a few random people who managed to find their way to us, but are actually seen as when we're meeting here together, our primary relationship is as brothers and sisters in Christ, as children of God, and every single one of the people in this building who loves Jesus 
belongs just as much as mm. anybody else. You know, where singles aren't folded into church family life because they kind of manage to attach themselves to a, a new household or a nuclear family and, and that gives them a way in. Um, and I, I think if that is I, – well, I think we g- genuinely believe that. We theologically assent to that. I haven't met anyone who objects to that theologically, but I think we struggle to actually put it into genuine practice. Mm. Um, and if, if we're able to, to prayerfully work at that, I think this is an area for maturity for God's – people across the board, to be honest, if we're actually able to work at that under God, um, submitting ourselves to him in that, then I think all those practical steps we take become much clearer and less, um, uh, trivial is not the right right word. Well, they do. We could do them and they could be fairly trivial if we actually don't have the foundation Mm. right that actually Mm -hmm. props them up. So, um, yeah, it's a big picture answer, I think. Do you want to follow up? You got anything? No, I, I, I just really appreciate the the conversation in general. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, I feel like my uh, imagination is malnourished mm-hmm. in this area, and so even just ha- even just being challenged to think in this way and, um, yeah, envision kind mm-hmm. of life together as a church family in this way is so helpful mm-hmm. um, to kind of to build that up and mm-hmm. strengthen that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, I, I'm really excited even moving forward. You, you know, one of the things that um, has always struck me about Jesus and, and I've preached about and talked about and written about with Jesus in particular is um, the uniqueness of his hospitality as a single man without a home. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's, and that's pretty weird for people in our context to think about because we think of hospitality primarily as um, come into my home where I have a lot of nice stuff that I'll share a little bit with you. Um, but Jesus, so so thinking, <clears throat> but I haven't really done a lot of thinking and talking and preaching and writing about um, the, the kind of future kingdom vision of Jesus, the single person. Mm. And so I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm keen to start, you know, nourishing my imagination with, mm. with preaching mm. and, and, uh, and even with church life. I, you, you, you have said some things that have been, um, challenging about like that idea of the church as a social club for you, you put it even stronger the other day search a cl- social club for families mm-hmm. uh-huh. in which singles need to try to attach themselves to a family or justify their existence why are mm-hmm. you here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think a lot of singles even in, in our church feel you mm-hmm. know like you know why yeah. there's a sense of like oh we've got to figure out what to do with you yeah. um, and often often there's a sense of you're welcome to be here yeah. Um, but it's as a guest. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of singles feel like they're kind of welcome, or perhaps in some circumstances tolerated. Tell us. Tell guests. us the. Um, you, you mentioned. Don't mention the church name. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the uh, the. Uh, we yeah. welcome. Yeah, I was looking at a church website. I won't say even where it is geographically, but um, I it, I, I know this church and I know the ministry staff at this church, and I have a huge amount of love and respect for them. So, um, that's probably what made it a little bit harder actually, because uh, on their website when they were describing the congregation, um, the morning church congregation, um. I don't want to say the exact quote because then people will Google, <laughs> but essentially they they said. Um, uh, families are the heart of our congregation, but anyone else is welcome to come along. 
Um, and I knew because I know them what they were communicating there or trying to communicate was um, we have kids ministries on yep. Sunday morning. Yep. You know, uh, they're in a suburban area. This is you looking. Families yep, in that area. come along to. Ch- we want your kids here. And we want the, you yeah, right. here. I, mm. I completely understood that that is what they were saying. Um, but as someone who is not a member of the kind of family that they were talking about there, what I read was, I'm welcome to come, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not someone who could ever be at the heart mm. of this gathering of God's people. Yeah. Um, and I, I was quite taken back actually at the emotional response that I had, I had to that. Um, and again, I know exactly what they meant, um, but it, it was... It, it hurt, <laughs> to yeah. be honest, it hurt, yeah. You know, a couple of other things you've mentioned um, in terms of uh, church life is <clears throat> sermon illustrations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how, uh, in, in, you know, I like to think that I'm pretty broad with my sermon illustrations, but I'd have to go back and look because uh, my life is very much surrounded by my wife and children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, just thinking through how many sermon illustrations are about kids or marriage um, and how many are about singleness in particular, not just, um, oh, could be about singleness, yeah. but. Um, or at least speak to single people. I mean, yeah. we talk about what we know. That's natural, isn't yeah. it? You know, and I don't want to be too draconian about that because I know I love hearing about my pastor's families when yeah. he's speaking. But um, if, if that's kind of shaping really the whole of our personality up the front um, that can be hard for people. Yeah. And you think about Tim Keller so good about this with preaching, you preach to the people you want to be there. So mm-hmm. even if they're not there, so right for him, he's talking more about apologetics and evangelism and thinking through like, you know, if you, if you preach in a way that is assuming that there are non-Christians in the congregation or, or gathering that Sunday uh, with you, then, then that'll make your folks feel more comfortable to invite their friends that aren't mm. Christians that aren't going to be distracted by words they don't understand and are going to be directly addressed and thought about with the preaching. Uh, but I, I, I have to confess, I've never thought about that in terms of marriage or singleness. Mm. Well, I do think about it with kids, mm. which figures yeah. because I have them, uh, you know, but I do think I look out in the congregation and I do think about like, oh, well, there's kids here. So I need to preach in a way that, yep you know, connects with them. And I, and I do think that in, in terms of singleness as well, but not enough, not as much. Mm-hmm. So, so that was one thing you mentioned. Another thing was, um, the types of programming and teaching mm-hmm. opportunities and, and where if you're going to do, you know, of course, having a premarital, we do, we run a kind of on schedule premarital class. Um, uh, we'll, we're going to keep doing that. Uh, you should do. Yep. You should. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. So that's a good thing. But if, if all of our, if we do a lot of family based or marriage based Sunday schools, training times, retreats, conferences, and never mm. do anything about not just singleness, but even bringing them together mm. to talk about how mm-hmm. singleness and marriage, singleness and families, uh, that, that that's also another way where you know a single person would feel like, well, this I could visit here, yeah. but this couldn't really be a place where I, I'm, mm. I'm at home. And where I'm being equipped to grow as a Christian mm-hmm. in my my circumstance and yeah. my situation as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Same with um, celebrating milestones, you know, um, back home, I'm, I'm, it's probably the same here that there's a few things that get celebrated from up the front of church in people's lives and they tend to be engagements, marriages and babies. Mm. Um, and they're great things to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Please keep celebrating them. But um, 
what what does that mean about how my family at church is actually celebrating things for me, yeah. mm. significant moments or milestones or things that God has done in my life. Mm. We just don't have the structures set up to honour singles in the way that I think we do for, for married people. Mm. Mother's Day and Father's Day too. That's part of that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went to really say something. <laughs> Went to say something and started coughing. Um, yeah, they can be they can be yeah. complicated days um, as well. Mm. Yeah. So one last question for you, uh, and this is your chance to just say anything you want, really. So what should we have asked you, but we didn't? Oh, I don't know what the question you should have asked me. You haven't. I mean. Um, or another way to put it is, yeah. what would you like to say? What would I like to say? Well, I mean, I would like to say, you, you know, you, you've you called me your friendo, which I still don't know what that means, but I'm assuming it just means just friend. Just means friend excellent. with an O on the end. Okay, yeah. good, excellent. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I turned up here a couple of days ago, um, having had a Zoom meeting and a few emails with you guys, um, and I now feel like we're family. Mm. And... Um, that is in no small part because of what I've seen with your your commitment to church family. Mm. Um, and I promise everyone listening, they did not line me up for this. They didn't know that I was about to turn this. But I just want to encourage you guys that as we've sat here today and had conversations about how, um, you know, church family is so significant and we need to invest in that, I'm so encouraged by the fact that I'm seeing you guys do it. Mm. Um, and so I want to encourage you to keep going um, and to keep modelling that because – um, not just for singles, it's hugely significant for singles, but this is about who we are as the body of Christ. Mm. This is about the people that we're going to be spending eternity with. Um, and we don't want to look back and go, oh gosh, I wish I invested more mm. because look how good it is now. Um, so thank you for what you're doing because mm. it's 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 hugely significant. Mm. Thank you, Danny. Thanks, Danny. That couldn't have been better if we had set her up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, where, where can our friends find you and your work? Um, well, you can find me. I've got the, you know the vanity domain name, dannytraweek.com. So you can you can jump on there. But that's really just a list of all my resources. I do, and there's um, the link to my Substack is from there, um, and you can subscribe to that. And depending how um, uh, fruitful I'm being at any given time, there might be one or two emails one every one or two weeks, um, depending on what's kind of. Um, I'm going to write. I'm going to write one on the train today actually i've got mm. one in mind um that i it's a bit different it's got nothing to do with singleness or sexuality amazing <laughs> um but yeah so you can go to my website you can also i'd also encourage you to check out um single-minded ministry that i direct yeah. it's single-minded or one word dot community um we're a resourcing ministry so what we do is we try to pro- we try to get the best people who have got good stuff to say mm. on singleness to come and say it for us so that we can make it available to everybody else and so we put all of our resources up online for free and we've got um a whole bunch of different talks um, and webinars on a whole lot of different topics up on our website. So you can, you can go check that out. And you can, if you, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can, um, you may, you know, feel free to, but uh, if you're not a Twitter person, let me just encourage you, enjoy the peace of that life. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to convince Jesse to continue enjoying the peace of his Twitter free existence. I'm going to be on Twitter. By the time this is out, I'll be on Twitter. All right. We'll hold you to that. And and I'm, that sounds sad. (laughs) Well, you know, by the time this is out, I might be back off. You might, yeah, be. might be, yeah. yeah. I might be back yeah. off. You know, I do follow Danny, and I what I like about Danny's Danny is that there's humility, mm. there's um, there's 
uh, verve in writing. There's imagination, but there's also a willingness to mix it up with uh, with people that are that are wrong. People that I would just say, "Get off my lawn." <laughs> you articulate a very good response and engage with them, and so uh, you're a good follow on Twitter. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. I'm reservedly I'm, yeah. recommend following Danny. Oh, thank you. I'm aware that there's. You can get sucked into vortexes very quickly. So I say to every all my friends, now I'm saying to my friendos here, yes. when you see me not being exactly as Jesse's described me, you need to say to me, Danny, Danny what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't get sucked into the vortex. That's right. <laughs> so this is likely going to be uh, released in the winter. So as you think ahead, mm. uh, how can we be praying for you this winter and spring? Uh, which would be summer and autumn for me. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can pray for me as I'm enjoying the backyard swimming pool over Christmas, you know, while you're all freezing cold. Um, wow, but, that was a flex. <laughs> was, yeah. Actually, I would love to have a, a snow, a white um, uh, Christmas. It's just beyond my imagination. But anyway, um, you can pray for me um, with my book coming out next year. I'm really, I'm looking forward to that. Um Looking forward to seeing what some of the responses are because it is a bit provocative at times in a bunch of different ways. Um, mm. So please pray that God would be working now to prepare me to respond well and constructively and in a godly way when that happens. Um, um, and just for the opportunity, you know, that was the reason I did a PhD was because I wanted to make a contribution. Um, mm. So God is um, bringing that about and I don't want to squander that opportunity and I want to glorify him in that. Um you can pray for me. My life is just a bit weird. I don't, you know, when people say, what do you do? It's a bit difficult to describe what I do because I do lots of different things and none of them are just normal. Um, and that's great because it gives me lots of opportunities and flexibility. Um, but it can also be quite stressful because there's no normal routine and mm. it can be hard to know a bit like that vocation, what, what the dynamic vocation is, what that is looking forward. So you could pray for discernment and clarity mm. and God's provision for me in those things. That would be great. And just pray that God would continue holding on to me and mm, growing amen. me. Yeah. Amen. We will be praying. If you listeners out there are praying people, we'd encourage you to even take a moment now and pray for Danny, mm. uh, wherever you're listening. Thank you, Danny, so much for being with us here on the Hammer and Quill, putting up with our shenanigans. Shenanigans. Shenanigans <laughs> is a good way to put it. <laughs> for embracing our shenanigans, really, yes. and participating in the drop bear shenanigans. <laughs> I'm sorry, Holly. It's okay. Danny, I forgive you. I don't think I forgive them. And I just like... Michael wasn't in on it. So I can know. I just say that he Michael was silent wasn't the whole time. What well, a he good was afraid. He, no, he was just afraid. No, you didn't know drop bears were fake. I mean, when she showed he me the was... picture and it looked like an orc, <laughs> I was a little bit like, wait a tweaked. minute. Uh, I'm wait like just preparing minute. my heart for when this episode comes oh, out and yes. all the... I want, if you're listening oh. and you know Holly and you have her number, I want you to text her this pictures is the, of drop bears. Yeah, this is the one to comment on. Yeah. yeah. I went, yeah. I mean, I I went all in. I you fully were, believed it. I was, I was showing the fangs with my fingers you were. Here, you yeah. guys can't Jesse, see. Jesse and my mutual friend Rachel Gilson will empathize with you because I got her too and she hasn't forgiven me. So, okay, so you, have, you have a comrade. Yes. Yes. This, this was wonderful. Danny, thank you for being with us. Thank you, friendos, for listening to our conversation. This kind of bonus episode with Danny Tariq on vocation and singleness here in season three of The Hammer and Quill. And listen, if you haven't already, subscribe. Uh, Follow The Hammer and Quill in your favorite podcast app. Write us a review. Send in anything you want us to pick up, follow, discuss. Send in some look and sees. 
Yeah, look and get off my lawns. You can surely send things in that you want me to rant about. Yep. <laughs> You'll probably get me to do it. Yep. Yeah. Not yeah. Hard. <laughs> uh, uh, and and we'd love to have you uh, give us some give us those five stars on the podcasting app. That actually will help us uh, reach more people if you really find this to be interesting and helpful. So, uh, again, thank you, listeners. Thank you, Danny, for being with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Until next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.